Welcome to Vacation Station, hosted by Lisa and Nancy, editors of BigBlendMagazines.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Big Blend Radio's Vacation Station Travel Show. Today, we are excited to welcome back travel writer Debbie Stone. We call her the Fire Monkey. Uh, she got that name from a monk in Bhutan. So we get to still call her that over many years, right? Debbie, we get to still say that. I know <laughs> you're like, come on, you keep calling me that. But it's true. You're the Fire Monkey and you really do know about where to go and, and where to travel because you travel the world, you travel the country. Even during COVID, you said, Heck no, I'm getting the car and still traveling. And so it's nonstop. Today's show is all about Memphis. Now, we've covered Memphis a couple of times on the show, but I think you got the insider as a traveler. Uh, we, we've had uh, Milton on the show, but um, you really got to go and experience it. So a little bit of interesting things is like when I look at you going to Memphis, you went to Nashville beforehand, Right. So then Correct. you went to Memphis and there's like the music highway that connects the two. So that had to be kind of like a connected, but also different experience going between the two cities. When we think about I, music. Yes. I think that they're, they're very different in many respects, but um, Nashville for so many people is about country music. You know, that's, that is the, you know, it's got the country music hall of fame. It has, you know, the, it's it just, it is the beacon for country music. So Memphis is a different sort of beast in, in, in regard to um, uh, music. And it's, you know, it's all about rock, it's rock and roll. It's about soul and the blues. And so you get a whole different vibe there uh, than Nashville. But also Memphis history-wise is a fascinating place with a, uh, a much different history than Nashville. And uh, so I was fascinated to, to learn about the history. And I knew that the, you know, the Civil Rights Museum was there. There was a lot of Martin Luther King history there and uh, many firsts in regards to uh, historical, uh, um, you know, uh, events and things. But uh, and also, of course, importantly, uh, you know, it's where Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated as well. So there is there is a lot of that history and there's a lot of music history, but it's also, you know, the place where Elvis, the king, you know, lived and where his, his yeah. mansion Graceland is. And so you've got that whole dynamic there. So there's so many reasons why visitors go to Memphis. And those are some of the reasons. And not to mention also that it's a, a foodie town and uh, has a, an enormous array of wonderful food, uh, great food. And uh, so I got to experience um, a lot of Memphis in, on different angles, on different levels, and which I thought was a wonderful way to experience the city. Mm. You know, uh, instead of just focusing on one specific angle, I was able to to get bits and pieces, more bits and pieces, and which, which make for, a, uh, I think, a more... Uh, informative or interesting whole when you look at it. Oh, uh, do you mean the big blend concept? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying when you travel to a place, if you're just going to do all one or the other, you don't actually get the full scope. And I know Milton Howry has been on our show a few times. And every time I say, I promise it's going to be like 20, 30 minutes and then it's an hour because <laughs> there's no way you can talk about the music without the history of why the music was there. And right. um, and then, like what you're talking about with the food, comes from the culture and the heritage, right? Absolutely. Um, it, it it is all connected. Beale Street. Um, I think, as music lovers, we all know Beale Street to be a destination. Um, I knew it as a kid living in South Africa, knowing I want to go to Beale Street. And of course, now Beale Street is a little different than what I wanted from the past, but you walked Beale Street. You did it. Tell me, what is Beale Street like as a travel writer who's gone through many cities, places around the world and across this country? What was Beale Street like for you? Um, I think, you know, there's a lot of similarities between 
Beale Street and, of course, um, in Nashville, you know, where the honky-tonk clubs are uh, down Broadway there. Uh, you know, it's it's a place of, of neon nightclubs uh, with a wonderful melting pot, pot of, of music, whether it's blues, jazz, rock, R&B, gospel. And just like in Nashville, the music spills out onto this three-block uh, range, uh, this street blocks of, of uh, it's a historical landmark, by the way, it's a National Historic Landmark. And, wow. you know, there are, it, it's very iconic because this is where, you know, so many artists like Muddy Waters, like Louis Armstrong, mm. like B.B. King, they all played on Beale and they helped to create and develop that Memphis blues sound that everybody is 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 so aware of and it's so famous. And so and there's also a lot of history that happened there because it was home to many black owned businesses, a lot of restaurants, a lot of shops, and it was um headquarters for Ida B. Wells anti desegregational um is newspaper the called the free speech and so you know it, it also had a prominent piece to play with the civil rights movement so there is a lot going on there um as a visitor it's a wonderful place to go and hear music uh and you can pop in and out of these clubs uh stay for as long as you want move on to the next one uh people spill out into the streets it's a, it's a, it's a very uh it's a big party scene at night um and yet it also goes during the day uh, in terms of you know the clubs and their music, and so uh, people are there during the day as well. So when you were there, I mean, you're also like you're talking about the, the National Civil Rights Museum is right there. So you you like we can't think about that music and it, it that era of music was during the civil rights movement, right? And yeah, even yeah. now, I know that it's got a a really high-end hip-hop movement rap music movement going on too so like it's it's kind of interesting where memphis is holding on to its roots right but also allowing progression to happen did you feel that as a travel to the city i think so oh yeah you know you'll hear all different kinds of music there so it, it appeals to i think all music lovers, you know, and, and so it's not just one genre there, you know, mm. and, and each, each club has its own vibe, so to speak, you know, and yeah. uh, so, you know, there's, you know, there's an Irish pub area, there's a, you know, I, I was, I spent some And nobody would think speeches. that, right? Nobody would think no, that. No, Like no, we interviewed the box tops on our show. They wrote the letter, right? The box tops. Yes, of course. And they were on the show, on our show a few years ago. And um, he, he was saying like, you know, we're we're the the era. We were the soul people. We were the soul, like mm -hmm. you know. And so, it's it's such an amalgamation of music. It it's really fascinating. And then when you're talking about muddy waters and every everybody, like when you think about blues and Beale Street, which is blues and jazz, right? You your background in your heritage is Chicago. So was that a connection for you with the music going? Like, you know, Muddy Waters went up to Chicago and everybody went up there. So was that kind of an interesting connection for you? Oh, of course. You know, heritage? Chicago, yeah. Chicago's famed for its blues, you know, and our yeah. scene. It's, it's, oh. You know, it's, 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 you know, has that history as well. So, you know, I think, like you said, there's this, all these um, interactions that go on within these cities, these places where artists went from one city to another and then left their mark. Memphis to me is iconic as heck and you can actually go to the places where people recorded and isn't that kind of one of the things that is so amazing for a visitor is that you can oh, go and definitely. see these iconic places um yeah where recordings like, were like, made like um uh, Sun Studio, which is which is you know very mm. very well known, and it is a place where visitors flock to. You know, it's one of the top top attractions because you know this was known as the birthplace of rock and roll because the disc jockey there, Sam Phillips, who you know has a, has who created such a name for himself because he helped bring attention and fame to all this talent. You know, like BB King, like Elvis, of course, Jerry Lee Lewis, Ike Turner, Johnny Cash. You know, all these artists 
passed through these doors and were recorded here. And so th- what's really cool in this tour is that local musicians, local Memphis musicians, give you the, they're the guides, so they give you the tour. So they're very passionate and they're also very informative um, about the studio. And you're going to see a lot of wonderful memorabilia and artifacts, and you're going to hear voices from these legends and listen to recording sessions, outtakes from these sessions, and you'll hear about really interesting, fun stories. And, you know, and, and then you'll see the actual studio where were these uh, greats recorded. And what's cool is that he, Sam Phillips, he donated a lot of the equipment, mm. and um, but he did it with, with one caveat, which was that the equipment couldn't be kept behind glass. He wanted people to be able to touch them, you know, and so, you know, you're allowed to touch them. And it's, it's wonderful because it's, it's this great visceral experience instead of like a museum experience. I think that is huge. And I think museums have also learned not to like, don't touch me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, they've started to learn that the interaction needs to happen. And when it comes to music, it's the experience. And it, like you're saying, it's like, this is something for music lovers that just is you, you're coming home. You know what I mean? It's Absolutely. a huge deal. You went to Stax Museum too, right? There is this is the soul the American music the American Soul Music Museum excuse me and so this is where the original site of the studio which was called Stax Records which was and this museum is dedicated to the artists that record there as well as like some other of the soul legends and powerhouses like Otis Redding and the Staple Singers and Al Green and Ike and Tina mm. and you know Isaac Hayes and Aretha and Booker T and you know so all of these wonderful wow. greats are there and so you know so you can get your fill there I mean it's like if you are a music lover this is you know just like like Nashville too but but this is more if you're interested in you know soul rock and roll you know blues more of an expansive array of of music you can get your fill here and more I would go there just because Mavis Stables one of my favorite people uh-huh. on the planet <laughs> <laughs> Did they have anything yeah. on her? I mean, I know they have the staple singers. They always singers, have. But... Mavis, Mavis has always been, you know, she's Mavis so... is like, yeah. like she's a monarch to me. Yeah, yeah. Of, yeah. of blues and soul and God, like, can she just live forever? Can we just put <laughs> her in like a little, you know, I, I, no, I, I just, I, you can't put but her in. There's so many, any... there's so many of them, you know, it's like, I love oh. Rima, you know, and I love yeah. Uh, Al Green, the Reverend, you know, and I mean, I, I, you know, I grew up with a lot of that music. I, I, Tina I, Turner, I right now, I mean, she passed away recently. Yes, exactly. That has been, I think, a resurgence of her music has been so huge, and I'm like, we knew that a long time ago. Oprah yes. knew for sure. Remember, Oprah yep. started wearing her hair like yep. Tina Turner for years, and <laughs> and Tina had to tell her like, that's enough. Or yeah. I don't know if it was, the, you know, uh, her her boyfriend or whatever said, that's enough. But it, it the music that comes out of these areas, it's just, and just driving across the country, when you get through those areas, your radio station actually plays real music um, yeah. versus the playlist of yeah. Hotel California every time. Um, you can actually find that dial. I'm sorry. I, 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 Nancy and I look at each other every time like, are you kidding me? And then it will happen again. And we're looking like, what? Um, and we could listen to ebooks and all that stuff. But we try to always find what's happening locally. And yes. lo- normally through uh, NPR, you can do that. Um, in especially university towns in Memphis area, you can. Nashville, you can. Um but it's it's important. I mean, these are icons of American music, what makes Americana. And Absolutely. so when you were in Memphis, did you feel that? Like, I'm yeah. walking in the history of America, like a different yeah. history of America. There's a Revolutionary War, there's Civil War, there's all of that. But this was like, it's it's African-American history of we're doing this now. You know, did you feel that? I think, you know, you feel, wherever the destination is, you're going to feel what, you're going to feel what the history is there. It's, it, it, it's hard, hard to separate that from the destination. And 
I don't want to, you know, I want to be mm-hmm. uh, engaged and involved with all aspects of the place, you know, but uh, yeah, Memphis has, you know, it has this wonderful, rich and vibrant vibe, uh, you know, the root, the history roots uh, go way deep. And, you know, I think music is, is the lifeblood of the, pe- the, the, of the city. It's also mm-hmm. really a multicultural place because there are influences there from across you know, around the world. And so, you know, it's not only seen within music influence, but it's also seen within food influences and, and everything else that you're going to come across because it is, it is a place where people come from all over. And when, when I was there, you know, you not only see uh, Americans as tourists, you see a lot of international groups coming through because this is a hallowed place, you know? Right. It is, it, like you're saying, hallowed place. That's a perfect way to say it because it's true. Um, the National Civil Rights Museum, I want to go there. Yeah. I think it's, that... It's, oh. it's where you, you would find it, it uh, fascinating. And it is truly uh, an incredible experience. I wish I had had more hours because it really is such a detailed and involved museum and it's just it gives you such an overview of the movement and starting with slavery all the way to to current times and so it's also a very emotional experience which i i mentioned in my story so mm-hmm. you know you can be overcome by the impact because there is a lot a lot to take in and a lot of it is overwhelming but it is located in and around the lorraine motel which is uh, famous for for so many people because it is where civil rights leader Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated. So they utilize the motel. Um, they don't put the museum in the motel, but but uh, there is a piece of a piece of the motel that is in the museum, which is the rooms where uh, MLK was staying at right you know when he before he was assassinated. But the museum itself has just so many artifacts. It has a lot of oral histories, a lot of interactive of media, and it goes through five centuries of history, which is a lot of history to cover. So it goes chronologically, which makes a lot of sense. So it's a seamless, smooth transition from, you know, like I said, the slavery and then Jim Crow and, you know, desegregation and then, you know, boycotts and sit-ins and the Freedom Riders and then, you know, the Civil Rights Act and the Voting Rights Act and, and it goes on up until ending with um, MLK's final hours. And a wreath is put on the balcony, actually, where he actually stood when he was assassinated. And I, I invite so everyone powerful. to go there now. Yeah, they, with the way the world is right now, I would say we need to revisit um, if, if you've not been there before. Uh, we we had, I hate to say the opposite, we, we experienced um, uh, in Natchitoches, Louisiana, at the Louisiana Sports Hall of Fame, they also is a state museum connected. And the last time we were there, they had the, um, what do you call the cars that, the funeral cars. What do you call them? The, the uh, hearses? The hearses. The hearse. They had the hearse yeah. that carried MLK, Martin Luther yeah. King Jr. out on display. And, I, you know, I was photographing and everything. But, like, I, it, when, you, when you talk about heavy history, I'm like, that's his final transport, right? Yeah. And yeah. I just, it was hard to even photograph it. You know, just yeah. even out of like, I felt weird about doing it. Like, this is something so sentimental. And so he was there. That was his last place before he was rested, you know? Yeah. And it felt very odd to, to photograph. And I didn't really sleep well that way <laughs> doing that. I, I don't know. I can't explain it other than that man stood up for so many and went for it 100% and more than 100%. And, you know, we look at the way the world is now, and I think it's important to go to these places, not necessarily photograph it like I did for a story, but um, I think it's, it's important to visit and connect with 
these places so we can understand more and maybe understand more about what's happening now. Would you feel that with with your oh, trip to Memphis? Well, I think, yeah. And I think it's important for everybody to visit and revisit places. Um, yeah. Know, history history like has a ten- there, tendency, yeah. history has a tendency, unfortunately, of repeating itself. And um, unfortunately, uh, and in order to prevent certain historical uh, events from happening again, I think people need to, to visit places where history does come alive, where it is there, where they can see it, they can understand it, try to, try to understand it and, um, get, you know, get more informed about it. Uh, I think it's important to take children, to take teens, to be adults, to be seniors. I think all ages need to go where history can be, uh, made alive for them so that it is clearer and, uh, you know, you really can, you can touch it, you can feel it, you can use your senses to, to try and engage in it and hopefully uh, learn from it. Mm. And I, I want to go do the history of Elvis Presley. Oh, gosh. You know, you can't, I mean, Memphis I have to. is the land have- of the king. You have to go to Graceland um, years and years ago. And like, I want to say maybe 30 years ago, I was in Memphis, my one and only time, but prior to going uh, more recently. And when I went to Graceland, it was just the mansion. That was just what you yeah. went in to see. And I mean, I remember the mansion, but when I went back, it's like, oh my gosh, it's now the Elvis Presley's Memphis Entertainment Complex. And so it's more than just Graceland. You know, the mansion, and many people are surprised, it's it's smaller than many people would anticipate. You know, it's not like this mega, mega, mega mansion. You know, it's a nice, nice size home. Um, but, you know, you really get to see kind of uh, Elvis's uh, and his wife, Priscilla's, uh, taste in their furnishings. You get to see where he, you know, his man cave, which was called the jungle room. You know, you get to see that, you know, photos of him, his parents, you know, his wife, his daughter, and, and, you know, you get, you get a real slice of his life. But as I mentioned, it is, um, I don't know. It's decorated in what I would call mid-century kitsch. <laughs> yeah, well, that was that time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, 60s and 70s. And so you get the green shag carpeting, not only on the floors, but on the walls and the ceilings. You know, you get these stained glass peacock panels, This, you know, these heavy velvet drapes, lots of mirrors everywhere, creepy monkey statues, which I found hysterical, you know, Polynesian tiki-style furniture, you know, fake fur couches, uh, you know, and then you know it. So it's it's fun. It's fun to kind of. It was opulence that. at that time, and, yes. and everyone like what uh, Debbie is talking about. I I call her Fire Monkey. Um, <laughs> Debbie was talking about is uh, you know she's got an article up on Blend Radio and TV dot com, which is all linked through the show notes. No matter if you're listening on YouTube or Apple or Google, wherever um, you can link through and and see her article and the photos as well. Um, with this because it's kind of interesting because I remember like when I first got to this country like thinking you know getting you know this is where I was born everyone <laughs> coming home after you know my right. most of my life in Africa coming home Graceland was on the thing of like being raised outside of this country Graceland was a thing you, if yeah. you go to the United States, you must do Graceland. It was one of like the top ten things to do. The Grand Canyon and Graceland were the, t- <laughs> you know, at, at, at the top, right? And we actually interviewed a lady um, for many years from Yosemite. She owned the Groveland Hotel, Peggy, and she went to school with Elvis. And we've been to many places where Elvis has been and documented and everything. But I always said, "Oh, I want to go to Graceland," and then it got like kind of big like some people are like oh it's so commercial what would you say like on that sphere like for people that are diehard fans are they going to be happy going there yes because it's not only it's not only the mansion tour you know that you can really uh, take a deep dive but but further on that there there is amazing exhibits like one of my favorites was this one called elvis dressed to rock and it was you know, more than a hundred pieces of his, 
you know, outlandish stage, stage wear and, you know, in floor-to-ceiling mm. displays. You know, then at the, the Automobile Museum, you can, you know, walk around and look at his cars, you know, his pink Cadillac and, you know, his Rolls-Royce sedan and Mercedes-Benz limo. And then you, you know, get a deep dive into his army stint and uh, see about when he was he had to go to the went to the army, and then you know his influence on other artists. So they expanded. So you you really get more than just walking through his house, you know. And then of course you get to see his airplanes, which you know one of them was called the Lisa Marie. And by the way, Lisa Marie, who passed away, as I we didn't know. Yeah. Yes, she passed away this this past year. Yeah. Um, her great her grave is right there at Graceland. It is, um, you know, near near uh, where his his grave is, and um, so you know, it, it was kind of sobering to see his daughter, uh, you know, her grave there, and um, a lot of people were there paying a respect for that. But yeah, you, you were right see- at the same time frame, I think. Yes. Yeah. Of, of her passing. It's yeah. so much, but the, the 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 whole experience. I think people who truly, you know, they really, really, really love Elvis, or they're just fascinated, will be, I think, satisfied with the amount of of displays and information that is available. You know, yes, there is some commercial aspects to it because you know, of course, there's yes. you know, you're going to get restaurants yeah. and gift shops, but you know that's that's a part of many places but i think the exhibits were excellent in my mind and i felt like they really did a good job of 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 you know presenting uh-huh. various aspects of his life you know i i love to hear that and i didn't know he flew planes you know um but when you know we when we lived in england as a little kid and we always got knocked around for being not knocked around physically um just you know verbally you know costed of being americans at times just just joke joking around let me be real clear about this if you're in england you know what i'm talking about um they would you know you're late for the war was what we were always told i mean this was in the 80s and 90s mm-hmm. 80s mm-hmm. mid 80s and we're like we don't know what you're talking about which one nancy would always think the vietnam war what no, but it was World War Two. But of course, um, yeah. and then yeah. they would go America's shite since Elvis died, you know, kind of thing. Later, mm. you know, and it was this whole thing. And if you watch the movie The Commitments, you'll see everything shite since Roy Orbison died. Same kind of thing. Elvis, it, people, Elvis was in every household. It was the biggest thing in England, and I know people come to this country. Just for Graceland, just mm-hmm. for that, and, and and so they they'll go to Memphis, go to Graceland. That is the main thing to do, and then soak up, of course, you know, Sax Records and all of that too. But they come to this country just for that. Elvis is you know is huge. I mean, he's huge. I think you can go, you know, you can, you probably can go to, to places all over the world. And if you mention Elvis, people will know who you're talking about. You know, it's just, oh yeah. you know, it's, you don't even have to mention Elvis Presley. You just have to say Elvis. Elvis. Oh yeah. Right. That's it. And, and, and did, did, did they talk about him in that, like he learned from the African-Americans, right? So there's also an issue of that side that I've seen where, you know, like no he didn't invent rock and roll of course he didn't he didn't chuck berry actually was pretty much more involved in that but he learned from african-americans going and watching and listening and learning and doing his own thing so did they explain that history of him like the beginning of elvis when you're in graceland they they did and and the fact that there was you know some church influence as well you know i mean Mm -hmm. oh yeah he was huge gospel yeah you know so, and it was interesting to go to Graceland first and do all this, and then to go to, you know, Sun Studios to mm. see how, uh, you know, a disc jockey basically brought Elvis to the attention of the world, so to speak, and how that all happened, you know. So it was it was interesting to go and see that transition and that transformation. Oh. And, uh, you know, so that, that really is a nice way to, to kind of, tie it all up in that respect it, at least for me it is it's kind of like you're introduced to elvis you go through his life and all that and, but then you know you get to the recording studio and it's like yeah here is where 
you know, the music was made. And here is where, you know, somebody decided this guy had talent, you know? Wow. Yeah. So you need to tie that in for Elvis lovers. Do both. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah. Oh, that's that's really cool what you're saying. Yeah, that's really cool for people to know. So the, the birthplace of rock and roll, right? Yep, you got so. it. Okay, let's move on. Because, I mean, you obviously had a good time. Did you eat well? Oh, my God. I mean, I know you're a pescatarian. Ugh. I want to make sure you, you got I know, like, isn't, like, that area known for ribs, or am I wrong? Like, they're what? they're known for a lot of things, but you know, I mean, Ooh. people always associate Memphis with the Memphis style barbecue scene. But you know, it's that. I mean, and barbecue is wonderful there, but Memphis has so many influences. So, you know, you're going to get everything from the north and the south coming together. You're going to get New England lobster rolls. You're going to get Chicago style pizza. You're going to get incredible fried chicken. Ah, you know, Chicago. And, Chicago yep. pizza is coming to Memphis. So you guys have this direct route going on, right? Absolutely. So that seems to be a thing. Absolutely. Wow. And, and so you know, if you ate Chicago pizza food. in Memphis, would you be happy with it? Because you're a of Chicagoan. Course. Well, you know, I didn't try it, so I can't say. But, you know, if they follow oh. the uh, Chicago-style pizza, you know. Rule. Rules, so to speak. Yeah, you know. But although I, I, I do have to say a caveat here because I have been places where they say, you know, we serve Chicago style pizza, and I'm like, uh, no, you don't. <laughs> yeah. Only because but, I know I know Chicago. But why pizza, you're but, not you know. going to do Chicago style pizza when you come from Chicago, and you're you're there to eat what is local. I know you right. as a traveler. Right. So of what course. did what did you eat that you can tell people like you need to do well, this? I, you know, I liked, I mean, there are, there are quite a few places. First of all, I, I, I do love my biscuit and grits. So anyway, there's a place called By the Brewery, which um, we went to, and it's a, a great little spot, but it's biscuit heaven, basically, and it's got the cheesy grits, really? which I mm. adore. So the biscuits are made with beer, which is interesting, which brings out kind of the compliments, the sweetness of the biscuits. So yeah. that was wonderful. And then south of Beale, which they call S-O-B, is kind of an Asian <laughs> bent. Yeah, and it's, you know, so I liked the Asian bent because I love anything that's, you know, Asian-inspired. Yeah. And then Global Cafe, which is phenomenal, is a wonderful place for, like, these authentic uh, ethnic dishes that come from all over the world. But what it's really cool about, it's located in this place called Crosstown Concourse, which is like a vertical urban village that's got not only restaurants and bars, but shops, apartments, a medical clinic, a high school is in there, art galleries, performing arts center. You know, it's got so much stuff in there, but they've got this wonderful international food hall that's called Global Cafe, hosted by um, immigrant slash refugee food entrepreneurs. And they cook, they sell wow. their, their uh, affordably priced dishes and from their home countries. So you get to watch the meals being made from these open kitchens and you'll get, you know, everything from, a, you know, African food, Mexican food, Indian food, Asian food. And so you can just, you know, kind of taste your way around the world. So that was really kind of special. And then if you're really interested in fried chicken, you know, there's a number of places, but Gus's World Famous is a treasure of Memphis. The locals absolutely adore it. Um, you know, it is a, uh, a real crisp type of chicken. Um, it's served on paper plates in a kind of 1950s style diner. And uh, it, it, it gets crowded. People head there in droves. And uh, then there's, uh, if you like Italian, there's Catherine and Mary's, which has some great pastas. And then uh, one of the top restaurants in town is at the uh, Grand Dame, the Peabody, Memphis Peabody Hotel. And you can uh, have dinner at uh, Chez Philippe, which is, of course, going to be French, the only Forbes four-star, triple yeah. A, four-diamond rated restaurant and in the Mid-South. So it's one of those elegant, sophisticated nice. places with, you know, uh, wonderful wine uh, matched with your food uh, courses. And so that that's a treat if people are looking for a truly special place. Um, the, the Peabody itself, just to visit the Peabody, is, is a treat because it is this true grand dame of a place, which I think uh, a lot of people go. It's legendary, but um, it's, you know, a charming, elegant place. But it's also um, 
known as the place that has the Peabody Ducks. And this is a thing. Oh, um, my God. I wanted to bring this up because, yes, seriously, why? I had friends go there the other day. Like, like <laughs> they're filming that. I'm like, you're supposed to be off camping. They're like, we had to stop for the Ducks. And it's your fault. I'm just saying. So tell everybody about the ducks because it's crazy. <laughs> I just saw this video of ducks and yeah. they're like, no. And I told them because of your article and they went and they, they were not supposed to really stop, but they did because of the ducks. <laughs> they went to Memphis because of you and the ducks. So tell everybody about the ducks because well, this is insanely cool. So first of all, this is, you know, I mean, this is this, this hotel that's on the natural national register of historic places. So it's right. you know very elegant, but inside um, there are five resident mallard ducks who march daily without fail through the lobby two times a day at 11 a.m. and 5 p.m. And people come in droves and they, and they line the lobby and sit and watch. The ducks are in the fountain. And then Duckmaster, there is a Duckmaster who comes and tells you about the history of the ducks at the Peabody, which began in the 30s, which has a very interesting story. Um, but in any case, it has become a Peabody tradition for these ducks to march at a certain time um, following the Duckmaster. And they were trained by this bellman in the hotel, Edward Pembroke, back in 1940, who happened to be a former circus animal trainer. And so he offered to help bring the ducks to the fountain each day, and he taught them the Peabody Duck, duck March. So, mm. you know, he, he, he became the Peabody Duck Master. He had the title for 50 years until he retired. And there's a lot of pomp and circumstance, as I say, with this duck march. So the ducks step out of the fountain. They walk down this red carpet behind the uh, duck master. And the paparazzi, all the people who are there, go wild. You know, there's videos and pictures. And the ducks go all the way down to the elevator. And at that point, the duck master and the ducks oh. wave goodbye to their adoring fans. <laughs> it's amazing because it's like a duck. It is a march. It I mean, is. I've watched it. I was like, what are yeah. you doing? Yeah. I was like, no yeah. way. They're like, well, you said so. So yeah. he, we're yeah. here. And yeah. oh, my God. It's like yeah. a, it, 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 it's like the red carpet. And they are death. treated incredibly well because they, they spend their time living at the top of the roof of the hotel in the Royal Duck Palace, which is a $200,000 structure, you know, with its own fountain. There's a bronze duck that spits water. There's a little house that's a replica of the hotel. And there's this nice, soft, grassy front yard that's for great. the ducks. And they stay at the hotel for three months before they're retired and returned to the farm where they were raised, and they can now live as wild ducks. And then they get another set of five ducks that come in. And I, my question was, I wonder how well they reacclimate to their surroundings after these, you know, very cushy, cushy tenure at the Peabody. Yeah, and uh, suddenly <laughs> you're at the, you know, because the duck, I mean, the duck parade, when you see yeah. it, yeah. Um, is incredible. It's it's <laughs> like it, the history is interesting too. But I heard Absolutely. that you also had some really good coffee. And I'm sorry, but if you're gonna go do all this music and food, you need to wake up some like with some good coffee. You, you can't. Yes, definitely. I, listen, I know what it's like to go without coffee. And <laughs> no, I'm a really crabby, horrible human being without it. Like, honestly, I need my coffee, and apparently you found some. Well, you know, I'm not a coffee drinker. I'm a tea drinker, so it was very interesting. We went to Coffee Black's. Uh, wow. Coffee Black. Um, how do you called... do it, Debbie? How... I, I, oh, I, that's I, how you can be the fire monkey. You can balance. Green see? tea. Green tea for me is my, oh, my, that's uh, got more caffeine. my get yeah. up and go, you know. So um, Coffee Black's Anti-Gentrification Coffee Club um, huh. it, it, quote unquote, it's a social experiment that's interested in exploring the impact people can have when they're empowered to live with no sugar and no cream. So this company seeks to make coffee black again, meaning it wanted every part of its business to reflect the black culture and to keep the money within this particular community in Memphis. Mm. And so it's not only black owned, it's black operated. It has an all black supply chain. It sources nice. its beans from Ethiopia, the Congo and Rwanda. And I, when I tasted, I, you know, that I said, you know, I'm not really a coffee drinker, but I, of course I'm going to taste the coffee. And I couldn't believe it. It was 
really smooth, needed no sweetener in my mind. And then they had something called Gold Brew, which was a cold drink that had some citrus notes in it. And it was amazing. I was like, oh, my God, let me let me take home buckets of this. This is how I want to start my day. I mean, so uh. I, I would have been transformed to a coffee drinker if I could have coffee blacks, you know, coffee. That's, that's interesting because Nancy's like that with beer. She doesn't, she doesn't drink beer. And yeah. once in a while, like, we, we all go, oh, give her the light thing. And then the other day we were in Asheville, North Carolina, and I think it was uh, Rock Bottom or Bull Rock. I don't know where we were with our friends. And she had an IPA. Loved it. I'm going, what? How did this happen? <laughs> you know, it just depends. It's like, don't, don't ever, don't ever think you don't like something. Right. You know? Right. There's something like there's real hard, like, you know, allergies or whatever and, and real hard, like, you know, things. But honestly, that's an interesting thing for you going from, oh, I there was treat. Yeah. Like Nancy beer, like suddenly she goes for the hardcore IPA and I'm like, and she's smiling and she was giggling. She had a good time with it too. But it, you know, that's an interesting thing. And um, it's interesting when you talk about anti-gentrification, Mm-hmm. Because I think that's also something that Memphis is working on its identity of that, right? In a way. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. And it was, you know, uh, wonderful uh, to, you know, get a glimpse of that within this uh, community, you know. But I, I you know, I, I could be easily a convert to coffee if if I could have coffee, black coffee every day. I, I just, I just, I, I love that. The experiences you have there, and I, I want people to not be scared to travel to places where they may think, oh, Memphis, scared. All this happened with Martin Luther King Jr. and everything, and oh, and I think we have to not be that way. Am I allowed to talk this way? I don't know, but I am. Because I, just- I, I want pe- I travel the country. I mean, I go through every kind of neighborhood. And I just feel like we travel is what opens doors. Of course it does. Of course it does. And so you do have to be open when you travel and you have to be open to the experiences, open to the people and, and not make, uh, you know, make your decisions before you go, before you've had a chance to talk, see, enjoy. Uh, and to me, you know, that's, that's a big part of it because so many times based on media and things we read or things we see or things we hear, we've already made up our mind before we might even go to a place. Huh. And, and yeah. then all of a sudden you go to a place and you're like, be open. And it's like, wow, you know, maybe, maybe I'll find that this really is a different place than what the media puts out or what, you know, what other people have told me. It's like, so, so I'm always telling people, you know, like, go open-minded, you know, don't go with preconceived notions and stereotypes if you can. I mean, just try to dispel those things and just greet the place and the people, you know, openly and, and then make your own, you know, wait to make your own decisions, you know? I, I think you're really right, even on not just the political and human humanity side of things, right? Um, of course. But also, like, I want to go to Graceland, you know, I have this picture yeah. in my head and when it go, I go there, it may be bigger than I thought. And I want it to be this, you know, like, right. you know, it doesn't work that way. When I got to this country as a kid, 19 years old, I was like, okay, I'm coming home to America. I, you know, didn't live here most of my life, majority of my life. And I want to go to San Francisco because of Janis Joplin and Jimi Hendrix. They weren't alive. I knew that, but I still expected something to be there. No, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It wasn't, yeah. you know, so it, my expectations, even though I knew they were completely unrealistic, were there. I knew that, but I wanted that. I wanted Hate Ashbury and, and the 60s to be there, but it wasn't, you know, it's still there in, you know, pieces and places and whatever but it wasn't like I just wanted it to be what I read about the music I love and everything but it wasn't and 
is that a downfall of San Francisco? Hell no. I had a great time. Let me tell you, I found all these other things to see and do and experience and whatever, but you can't expect a place to be what's in your mind. And I think that's really important what you say about that is go with an open mind every time, no matter what you know about a place, what you plan, because I know people who plan to the T. And I've done both. I've done all extremes. And if you just go, take the the essence, right? Like listen mm-hmm. to what Debbie has done, read her article. But, you know, she went at this time of year and you may go to a different time of year and things may be different. Go with an open mind. Go with an open heart as well, I would say. And also the other thing that I tell people is, so you meet a person that's rude. So you meet a person that's not the most friendliest or, you know, says something that's not the kindest. Oh. Don't say to yourself, oh, the rest of the people in this town are like this. You know, you're, you're, you're making this judgment based on one experience that you had. And, yeah, it's unfortunate that you met a rude person, but it, rude people exist all over the world. They're not just in one place. And so for you to say, you know, everybody in X city or X country or whatever exactly. it is, is rude and unfriendly and I'm never going back. You know what I mean? Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. You're exactly it, it, right. You, you take it to the extreme, suck. you know? That's you ridiculous. Just say, just say rude people suck. It's like people that travel, like you, you're on the road, right? Right now, the, the America is under construction, basically road construction, right? And right. people get, and, and I'm going to say people have forgotten how to drive. Like, you know, some of right. us may want to revamp our skills, right. um, but that doesn't give you license to be an idiot on the road. And Absolutely. it doesn't give you license to also like road rage, you know, mm-hmm. that, that, that is a, that form of travel, it, you know, nastiness that happens with people. So let's, let's all calm down. I'm just saying, I, I have, being the person on the road full time, calm down. And also travel is about an adventure and the obstacles are what makes the story every time. Yeah. What you think and what it's not is always what makes the story. Is it not true, Debbie? I agree. You know, a lot of people say it's the journey. It's not the, you know, the end. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's all of that. You know, it's all of all of it is encompassed in one, you know, major experience that's composed of, you know, millions of little experiences and adventures and off-the-road detours and, you know, uh, you know, things that happened just, uh, you know, f- just fortuitous. You know, it just they just happen, and y- you know, you meet a wonderful person, and the, you know, they end up, you know, you end up being, you know, uh, establishing a friendship with somebody. Uh, it's just it's it's amazing what you, what can happen when you are open. You never to know. People. Yeah, you never yeah. know what's going to happen the next day, or the next yeah. day. You can't that's envision why, it, and and, and that's I, why I say that openness and and flexibility uh-huh. and patience are probably the three golden, you know, tenets of travel. You know, <laughs> well, I know I just told you about us getting like hook, blind, and sinkered on a hotel room, but um, you know, it, it's it's one of those things. But that's me not being conscious, you know. But I but I'm not going to not travel, you know. No, and I'm not going to not go back to that same area at all. No, um, no. But I do want to say what everything you've talked about, like Memphis is this complex place. Can I use that word? Complex, diverse. Um, yes. It's, it's yes. complex. So much history, so much music and nature. There's a lot of nature in, in Memphis. Uh, Milton Howery has been on our show for uh, like two, three years I think we've done two, three interviews with him. And I love having you go there. And we've had some really good friends go there. And um, they they rave about it. They're like, oh, my God, I didn't understand, like, how, you know. Um, I, in the vein of road rage, want to tell you how jealous I am. You <laughs> like that, that, that jealous that you went because we really were, we were, I mean, we we drive through Memphis so much, and I think a you lot of people stop. do. You need to stop. And, and, and my, time. my complete road rage of anybody doing anything wrong, 
I'm just telling you is my height of jealousy with you is I'm that jealous. And I know I shouldn't have jealousy, but I'm just telling you Memphis is one of those places. Like I don't want to drive through again. I just want to stop and honestly spend 10 days. I feel like I need 10 days there. Well, stop and and stay Stop and stay and enjoy, imbibe, eat, you know, visit the museums, listen to the music, you know, talk to the people. And they have those music rooms where people can just listen to records right there. You know, actually, that that, that place I was talking about, the the Crosstown uh, uh, Concourse, has a music listening room, which is phenomenal, open to the public. You can go in. And you can, I went in there and you can listen to anything, you know, you, you listen, there's, you know, you've got headphones, you've got, what? You, it's amazing, no, just amazing. Like, yeah. Seriously, yeah. you're kidding. And then where did yeah. you stay? Tell everybody where you stayed. So, so, we you know. um, stayed at the Arrive Hotel, which is this very cool boutique property. It's just basically almost across the street from the um, museum, the Civil Rights uh, Museum. And it's, uh, wow. a, a very, it's, it's, it's what's called the South Main Arts District in Memphis. So it's kind of a cool area, and the rooms are awesome. They're like, I don't know, it's just this, they've got these really fun amenities. They've got great comfy beds. You know, they offer some views of the city, but they, they use concrete floors. They have these, like, brick walls, which I love, and they take old pipes and use them as bath fixtures. So they, it's kind of an industrial oh. but arty type of decor. And it's Love a, it. I feel like it's a neighboring, uh, welcoming kind of place because the locals go there because they have um, food and drink options there. So, that you know, there's a bar, there's, you know, a great place for coffee and, and breads and pastries. And so it's kind of got this hip ambiance and uh, staff are very, very welcoming. So it's a great location. The trolley stops right in front of the front door. You can hop on the trolley and go places. And What? There's so a trolley? A place. Yeah, there's Ooh. a trolley. So that's a, a good place, a good, a good way to get around. And uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't give a plug for all the wonderful watering holes in Memphis because this is a town that loves, to, to, <laughs> loves its libations, let's put it that way. So, you know, you've got these wonderful bars, these lounges, these, these great places that have really interesting craft cocktails, really uh, interesting drinks, I think. And uh, another one is this wonderful distillery called Old Dominic, which is a great uh, tour of uh, this uh, company's spirits. And so it has a very colorful history, and you can go and see the distilling factory, and you can distilling, uh, learning about the huh. what they do in their water. And I learned that Memphis water is some of the best quality water in the country. Wow. So anyway, and so, you know, you get a tasting session. So you get, you know, to taste vodka and gin and bourbon and Tennessee whiskey and Memphis toddy. And afterwards, you know, you can <laughs> you can Go sit back and invite even more in the bar or, you know, you can work it off, as I said, at the Big River Crossing, which is a mile in length. It's the longest public pedestrian bridge that goes across the Mississippi. So you can walk across it and go from Tennessee to Mississippi and straddle the state line. No way. Is that over the bridge or Yeah, yeah. Over the Mississippi. Right on the bridge. So you're going yeah. you're going over to Arkansas then. So you're yeah, crossing uh, over the Mississippi yeah, River. Arkansas. Right, Arkansas. Right, yeah, you're gonna yeah. walk yeah, over to that. Arkansas. I've yeah. driven that bridge gazillion of times and ah. it did work. <laughs> like I I know Milton has laughed at me and they have that um that um almost like the Luxor sphinx thing that lights up and at night like i've i've driven through at one in the morning and i'm like hi milton i'm driving through milton by the way is with the cvb of memphis that's why i keep referencing and he's been on our show a few times but i'm like hi we're driving over the bridge now and there's that luxor thing that like that like the luxor in vegas like it's like the the Mm -hmm. sphinx like the no not the sphinx what do you call it the well, the Luxor is like the, the, like the Egyptian, the Egyptian, Egyptian. Yeah, it's a yeah. pyramid. Uh-huh. It's like this yeah. silver pyramid as you drive over the bridge and you're like, oh, I'm in Memphis now. I'm not in Arkansas anymore. And it's interesting because Arkansas has this rock and roll highway. Memphis and Nashville have the music highway. And there's this huge music history in this whole region, even going up to Georgia and Florida and stuff. 
that I'm so fascinated about. I love that you did this and stayed there and had a great accommodations, obviously. Did you do a rooftop bar? Because I heard that they have good cocktails on rooftop bars. Oh, yeah, there's plenty of rooftop bars in, 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 in town. And so, you know, you'll have... You'll have no no uh, no problem finding them. There is this one that's called the Tiger and Peacock, which is on the Memphian Hotel at the top. But um, it's kind of like a sultry speakeasy type of vibe. And what's kind of cool about it is there's they specialize in these cocktails that are made for your zodiac sign. So you've got like you know each you know when you were born your zodiac sign. There's a special cocktail for you. As I am a Virgo, I have the there's a raspberry mint vodka. You're a Virgo? Ah, oh, no wonder we get along. That's Virgos. <laughs> what are you? That's Vir- Virgo. Oh, Mike, when is your birthday? August 31st. What's oh yours? My God. August 24th. Oh, do you know, like other travel writers we know are all in the same genre? Yeah. Interesting. It's a thing. Interesting. We need to have a Virgo, like, <laughs> cocktail. Adventure. Party. We should just go yeah. to Memphis, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a very cool idea. I thought it was a very, a very cool you idea. You are a yeah. Virgo. Oh, yeah. I love it. I got some power. Like now, I I have extra power. You, ah. you have everybody. Listen, Virgos, we are attention to detail. Yeah, and and if you're going to travel, you need people like us. And travel writers that have that attention to detail are the best. Debbie's is definitely one of the best. And so, hell yes. Thank you, my dear. <laughs> I'm like, hell yes, she's part of my family. I, I ah. always consider you part of my family, but now there's this extra layer of love. Oh, I love it. you have I no idea. It. That is fan frigging tastic. Yes. Kindred, kindred spirits right there. Oh, right? oh, honey. Like, like we're we going down. Like, you got to go to Memphis. Like yep. now, I'm just yep. saying, like whatever she yep. says, you got to do. I've always said it, but now I'm like really like, be sussed out. She knows you have to go. Oh, yeah. what, it's yeah. it is I it, I, you know it is truly a, a special place, and I think every visitor would agree. It's 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 truly special. There's just and so you much went to the Punk on. Museum in in Vegas, so I know you're cool. <laughs> Like, and you went, you went out, you've done all the music places that I've had on my bucket list, like the punk museum. I didn't know was on my bucket list until yeah. you went, but you went to Seattle. You did all these, you, you, you went, oh, you've done, you, what is it, Cincinnati? Where was it? Um, oh gosh, come on. You know, the place uh, up in Ohio, the, the music hall of fame. Oh yeah. 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 The rock and roll hall of fame. Yeah. You went there and I'm like, nope. dude, yes. Yeah, so- Yes. This chick is yes. stealing my thunder. Now I feel good. Now I feel good. She's part of this, you know, the sisterhood of Virgo. That's right. It's okay. That's now right. I don't have to be That's so jealous, but like I am. I am. Well, I, am. I think I think to everybody listening, you know, put Memphis on your list. Uh, if you love music, if you love history, if you love good food. You obviously uh, like good music. Just do it. I'm just do it. saying. Fire do Monkey it. likes good music. So MemphisTravel.com. Is a website to go to for planning your destination and your adventure. Not just like you get there as a destination. You're going to have an adventure. Uh, Arrivehotels.com forward slash Memphis is there. And uh, everyone, really, honestly, all the links are in the show notes, whether you're listening on YouTube, Google, Apple, Spotify, wherever. All the links are there, including uh, Debbie's article. So check it out there. So thank you so much. Debbie Fire Monkey, I am jealous, but I will behave and not be jealous, but I am. <laughs> Just go and do. Just go and visit. Okay. That's all I say. I will. And I will. Thank you. Until next time. Awesome. Can't wait. What What's the next destination? Tell everybody. I am headed to uh, Greenland, Iceland and Greenland. Greenland, actually. I will go via Iceland, but I will be uh, doing a, an expedition boat trip and checking out all the nature and the villages and the culture and i am very psyched you said greenland and i am green with envy so (laughs) you know but thank you for coming back to report as you come back you know always always get your butt back home safe 
and uh, have a good Thank time. You. We look forward to it. Everybody, uh, Debbie is on our show. Travel writer Debbie Stone is on our show every, what, fourth Tuesday? Oh, my gosh. And I feel like, and really, and many articles in our big weekly blend, you'll see that because uh, a lot, she, she's just like nonstop. She's traveling everywhere. So keep up with that too. But keep up with us at bigblendradio.com and big uh, blendradio and tv.com for articles too. But thank you so much, Debbie. Always a pleasure. Thanks for joining thank us. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye bye.